Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. So the calendar might say that it is the middle of August, but we're getting ready for the start of the fall season to get into full gear with football and soccer and volleyball and cross country and also lacrosse in the area the last handful of years. Uh, But golf is already ready, and they are already on their way. And we'll talk to a trio of local golf coaches coming up here in just a couple of minutes, and the Minster Girls head coach in Debbie Arns, who are off to a flying start so far, won their first three matches. Audeville already picked up a couple of wins with the head coach in the PCL, coach of the year from a year ago, and Keith Utendorf, the uh, most frequent guest of this podcast, and Kevin Brandt, who's already uh, taken on the Audeville Big Green, the coach at Lipsick, who uh, themselves picked up a couple of wins after we actually recorded a couple of these, and that's kind of the one problem. I tried to get to golf as early as I possibly could, but with it starting uh, almost as certain as everybody else gets ready to start their uh, just regular practices on the first and the second, third, fourth, fifth, uh, kind of a hard thing to keep up with. Last couple of days, Fort Loramie got a huge 4-under-68 at the Echo Hills Golf Course in Piqua, but... Fell a uh, shot short to Rushi by one. Uh, Adam Ballas broke the uh, school record shooting that four under. Swanton girls beat Liberty Center. Uh, a uh, Collider Boys Invitational at Moose Landing Country Club. You heard the uh, two PCL coaches kind of talk about. It's Kaleida who ends up with the runner-up to Ottawa Hills. They tied with Napoleon. Coldwater a shot behind Brian and Audeville out of the uh, top five. Parker Judy from Lima Central Catholic. Ends up being the uh, medalist with a 73 over uh, Elias Carson Harmon and Connor Narker from Kaleida. Uh, other golf news that went on for Lormy uh, girls ended up winning the Invitational at the Elks Golf Course over uh, Coldwater Wapak, New Bremen, and Marion Local. Jordan Hemelgarn, the medalist there with an 85. Auglaise County Boys Invitational. It's been a busy couple of days. Minster took it by uh, 25 shots over St. Mary's, who were just about as far away from Wapak in third as you can get. Waynesfield Goshen, four, New Bremen, five. Ray Purdy from Minster and his teammate Nathan Bier end up taking the uh, top two spots. And Louis Magoto, the uh, 81, was good enough for third. Minster took four of the top five spots in uh, that one. A uh, big news out of the uh, basketball world as a lot of graduate Dakota Mathias who's been all over the map recently. Philadelphia 76ers on a two-way contract last year has got an Exhibit 10 deal with the Memphis Grizzlies. Hopefully that uh, works out for him. I know he and X Simpson were both in uh, Orlando and in Vegas doing the Summer League gig, and I hope that uh, that works out well for them. Two terrific young men. Girls Tennis, I always forget. Uh, Girls Tennis is on one side of the year. Boys is on the other side of the year. Shawnee opens up with the defense of their Western Buckeye League crown. That they won a year ago by beating the NWCs, bluffed in four to one. They uh, took all the uh, single spots and first doubles. Uh, just so much uh, going on, and uh, hopefully able to uh, get to a lot of it. Uh, the Lipstick Vikings, by the way, this is the one I was looking for. After I talked to Kevin Brandt, got a uh, win at Bluffton tonight. They are two and zero in the Northwest Conference. Brevin Brandt, the uh, first medalist of the year, he shot a thirty-seven to uh, knock out everybody. Uh, and then 
kind of going backwards, you'll hear uh, Keith Utendorf talk about falling a little bit short to uh, Delphi St. John's in uh, their matchup a couple of days ago. Not to surprise anybody, the uh, Finley golf team off to a uh, good start, and as are the uh, Finley men, picked to win the Great Midwest AC title. And the coaches poll came out a couple of days ago. They got four first-place votes of the nine. Have Tiffin and Ashland right behind them, and uh, go see some more of the football. There is a lot of great talent on that team, and uh, it's cool to see just exactly uh, how well Finley has been recruiting Ohio and how well that things have uh, gone as well for the Oilers. Minster's Courtney Pranger playing at Xavier University, named as a Big East Academic All-American. Haven't really done one of these shows since uh, the uh, news came out, but uh, thanks to Tim Clark, who was the GM of the Lima Locos for a long time and head coach, Matt Futuro for uh, what they did with the Locos, who finished as the runners-up in the uh, GLSCL this year. Talking golf, when we come back, three coaches on the way here on Around the Hearn. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service is much more than your home for the best prices on new and pre-owned vehicles. Lee Kinsel is your home for Accessory Avenue, 602 West Urban Road, the best accessory shop in Northwest Ohio, featuring Gator Hide Protective Coatings, your top choice for window tinting and ceramic coating for truck beds and trailers and other surfaces, even motorcycles. Accessory Avenue is also a WeatherTech Diamond Dealer, Penske Truck Rental Center, and American Rental Center for cars and vans. And remember, Accessory Avenue at Lee Kinsel will work on all makes and models. Impressed? Well, what if I also told you Lee Kinsel is Taylor Auto Service, 231 South Walnut Street in Van Wert. Pre-owned vehicle specialists for over 70 years. Combine all that with the friendliest staff and impeccable service department, and there's nowhere else you need to go for all your vehicle needs. Find out more by stopping into Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service, 650 West Urban Road, Van Wert, online at LeeKinsel.com or call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Working now with something I am absolutely terrible with, and I actually haven't done it in quite a while, talking about golf in the Northwest Conference, already underway. And the head coach of the now second-year NWC members and Lipsic Vikings in Kevin Brandt. Does that still sound weird to you? Absolutely. Sure does. I mean, I, I haven't gotten used to it, and I've pretty much lived in the conference all my life. Yeah, we. Uh, I just was uh, at Moose Landing today and had a guy ask me, how the BBC was going to be this year. I said, couldn't tell you. <laughs> and no clue. <laughs> and uh, the reaction was quite funny. But uh, <laughs> just kind of, Oh, yeah, so that's right. Hard to get used to. Uh, and, again, kind of an oddity. I mean, you guys have already kicked off the season of all of the fall sports. Everybody else has told me they wait and wait and wait for the calendar to turn to August 1st just to start practice. You guys look at it and go, yeah, that's cute and all, but let's hit the ground running. Absolutely. That's why you know golf is so different in so many ways. We had a walking four days of practice, and then uh, an eighteen hole invite on Friday at Bluffton. So yeah, we're we're uh, it's off and running. Then we got two more matches. Actually, one more one tomorrow and one Wednesday. So and they're all league matches in our in our case being in two leagues. So they're not much around. Not it's it's all full go once we get started. Well, we've talked about that, especially with basketball in the past. That you know, <laughs> with you being at Lipstick for so long of, of being in. Uh, being used to being in two leagues, what I was going for, that, you know, every night is a league night. I mean, does that, it just kind of become an old thing to you where you just don't really think about it anymore? Or do you still, maybe the younger kids, when they come up, explain to them, you know, there's no easy nights here. 
Yeah, we use it as a, I mean, I, I think it's a bonus. I think it's, you know, I, I, I really use it as an advantage. I try to make it an advantage for us because you can't take any nights off. I mean, every every match, I mean, obviously you want to, you're a competitor if you're playing sports usually, uh, I hope. So, you know, every match, you want to win every match no matter what you're doing. But there, and this is a little bit more on the line when it comes to, uh, league matches and we have I mean we're allowed 20 matches on the season uh, by OHSA rules and we have three non-league matches so uh, you know and that's and we have two invites and three non-league matches so basically 15 15 matches are are, are leagues plus you know like tomorrow there's four teams there's three teams four three other teams involved so you know, you got the point system with, you know, going versus, you know, for player of the year and first team, second team. So every match is so important. These guys know it. I think it's an advantage because when we get to, when I get a team like I have this year who we want to contend and I think we can contend at least, you know, put a scare into the, the top teams in our league, you know, it's, it's going to help us down the stretch when it gets to NWC and PCL and, and then even the sectionals and, you know, hopefully the district will be, you know, pressure will just be a made up thing in our mind because, Every night there's pressure. Now, with the Bluffton Golf Invitational, obviously, Audeville ends up winning. You guys finish second. The host in Bluffton go third. Does it help you? Because I know you'll see those teams a handful of times before you get to, uh, like, the PCL end of the championship and the NWC title. Or is it just, it's so different because of the kids and the different courses? Does it even matter? Yeah, it does. It's a great, it's a great starting point, measuring stick for us be honest with you it was nice you know being new in the league uh i'm still not familiar with how good the nwc is going to be this year i mean i just don't remember how many kids were seniors last year it was it was such a crazy year as far as you know just a kind of a whirlwind and i don't remember you know only being in there one year who's seniors who who graduated who's going to be you know somebody asked me there today and i kind of guessed them who i think lincoln view is going to be pretty good but i although I, I mean I think it's going to be pretty wide open. Jefferson has a good player, and, and Isaac Allmeyer. It's it's, it's going to be. I think it's pretty wide open. So it's it's hard to know, you know, how good they're going to be. But so that was that was important for us that match on Friday because an invitation on Friday because we we have everybody back from last year except Mason, and uh, obviously that's a big that's a big void to fill. But you know, uh, Brevin Brand is going to hopefully fill that void quickly and. And maybe not as well as Mace played last year, but you know he's still going to be—he's going to be right there. So we really wanted to see where we stood. We know we know Ottawa is going to be the favorite in, in, in Putnam County League with with obviously Clyde there all the time. Uh, so we wanted to see how he stacked up. And you know, last week in the first four days of practice, some of the numbers that we've been putting up have been really eye popping to me. I, I knew that we could get better. I knew I had some kids that played a lot over the summer and. I mean, they really wowed me in the first few practices. But I've been around long enough to know that it's easy to shoot those scores in practice. Not easy, but it's a lot easier in, in those settings than it is in a, in a league match or in an invitational to do that when it's, you know, the, the, for say the lights are on and, and it's go time. So I was really, really interested to see what kind of score we'd shoot Friday and uh, how we'd react. Because, like I said, in practice last week, I was really surprised. I was blown away with some of the scores we were shooting and uh, it didn't quite pan out Friday the way we would hope it to, to. And, and we, my kids were really disappointed, which, you know, as a coach, that's great. And 
you know, that invitational is kind of like a practice round, really, and that's what Coach Prater has bluffed and said. We really want it to be, you know, kind of get your feet wet for some incoming new players and, and you know, get your get yourself ready for league matches this week. Uh, so it was a great, great invitational. Brad did a great job over there bluffing, and, and the golf course is in perfect shape. So it was a great day just for us to see where we stood uh, you know, against Bluffton and, 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 and against Audeville. So, obviously, we got some work to do to to, uh, to improve and catch Audeville. Well, 13 shots better than a Bluffton team that finished two spots better than you guys a year ago. But I was looking as you were talking at Allen East and Lincoln View on what they had on the league honors last year. And I do see yeah. quite a few of those Lincoln View kids coming back in Allen East as well. So, that, yeah. you know, that'll, yeah. that'll be interesting. I want to ask you, too, though, it's an oddity that you're talking about how you have 20 meets and you have what two two ish months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's exactly right. It's a the fast and furious two months. Uh, it you know it's 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 awesome. I love it because it makes the beginning of the school year go really quick. Next thing you know, it's November. You know, it's 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 really kind of crazy. Uh, we're doing. I mean, we're we're typically we're doing two to three matches a week. Uh, at once it once it gets started, uh, so there's really I mean it, it flies by, and that's exactly what what happens. It's a short condensed period of time, and you know obviously we don't play on the weekends because you know you're dealing with businesses and, and they're they're running their business on the weekends with with public play and, and outings and things. So it's hard to there's not very many high school matches on the weekends, especially in the summer here. Uh, so it's all during the week, and and yeah, for sure it's condensed and fast and furious. I, I never really, to be honest, even thought about that until you said that. And I'm doing the math in my head yeah. of, okay, basically you have 60 days. Yeah. You've got 20. Yeah. Uh, you've yeah. still got the back end of the, is it going to be 100? Is it going to be unpredictable and storm? Huh. I yeah. mean, and that, just to get to the playoffs, to start thinking about, hey, I hope Columbus is in good shape at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of factors that go into a golf season, especially you know the weather and and course conditions and everything else. It's 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 a it's a unique sport in many different ways. I never uh, realized again in, until I was doing some stuff for this that it must be a thing that basketball coaches must <laughs> just gravitate towards being golf coaches because Brett Hammonds is the uh, coach of the year in the NWC last year, and there's that guy at Audeville. There's you. I mean, there's there's quite a few guys that, for whatever reason, uh, is it just kind of you're hoping maybe you pick something up from the kids and you just want to hang out with them? Uh, absolutely. We love being I mean, around not the kids. you because you're a good enough golfer, but, you know, other guys. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's a great question. I You know, I've, I've often thought that, too. I guess, obviously, because you can't be a football coach and go coach golf, so that pretty much eliminates that. So, uh, you know, and – there are some baseball guys too. Some they, I, I did uh, early in my career. There were a lot of baseball. I seem like seem like there are a lot of baseball coaches that were golf coaches. So you know, I can see those two things going hand in hand, hand in hand eye coordination and things like that. So, uh, I, but you're right. We in our area we do have a lot of basketball coaches that are are golf coaches. So I, I I can't answer why, but it does seem to be that way. You are right. I, I like I said I never thought about it before, but I'm you know what do you do when you're in the off season? You have you know, traditionally basketball coaches would shoot outs and stuff like that in the summer. No, right. or, or you could do that, I guess, or like you could golf. just go coach golf. That's right. That's uh, right. <laughs> makes it easier to explain to the wife. No, honey, I'm going out to learn. And it's also nice because you can tell those golf kids that play basketball, you better be at open gym because your golf coach allows that. That's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when I mean, those 
You could kind of play that either way, though, too, because uh, you right. know it'd be okay if you skip basketball if you if you get better at golf. You're right, right. And it, it, you know, usually open gyms are later in the evening, so you go to golf practice and you go right to open gym. So it's that's nice how that works out. Right, right. Maybe right. that's what it is. Maybe all the golf slash basketball coaches are just bullies. That could, especially Utendorf. Right. I mean, I can't say that. We'll get him canceled. <laughs> He's got enough problems. But uh, really, a good right. start. I mean, uh, you look, obviously, you've got a little bit more pride. We talked about it last year with your oldest son now kind of working that from back to forward with Brevin. He shoots an 80, finishes third, just three shots off the lead. pair of Audeville kids in front of him. I'm sure he'd like to change that. Yeah, um, he was not happy. And like I said, most there wasn't one player that I had on Friday that was actually I had one. I had one senior that broke a hundred and he was pretty happy with his score. But other than that, I had a lot of unhappy kids. So unhappy that when we got back from the invitational, um, that most of them decided to go to Pike run and go practice and play on their own, which is music to a coach's ears. I mean, I didn't say anything. They, they were, it was, I think it was Brevin led. I think he kind of said, not happy. Let's go play. Let's go, let's go to Pike run and work. And, and they, a couple guys jumped on, sh- on the ship and went out and played. So, I mean, obviously I was thrilled with that, but yeah, Brevin is definitely going to contend. He's, you know, he's obviously the freshman. So, you know, you know what it is with freshmen. It's hard to be consistent at that, at that age. And, and we just look for as much consistency as we can from him. Uh, he's, he's ready for this. He's been waiting for this day for many, many years. I mean, he's been a part of our program, just being a manager and being around and practicing with the guys. And so he was so excited on Friday to play. And to be honest with you, his 80 was really, it was kind of a travesty because he, he, he hit the ball so well. He just could not make a putt. The putter went cold. Uh, he had a couple, a uh, couple bad doubles and, you know, he played the last two holes, three over to shoot. I mean, he, if he plays the last two holes, even par, he shoots a 77 is tied for the medalist, but he went bogey double in the last two holes and just didn't quite close it the way we wanted him to. So, Obviously, that's learning experience. It's good experience. It's good to get, you know, knocked down a notch a little bit and, and make you want to work even even harder. And he he's he's working very hard at, at improving that. And uh, I think it's pretty good for a freshman. But I, I again, I thought it could have been a lot better. And so did he. He was he was he was pretty disappointed with an eighty. With uh, the obvious exception of Moose Landing, because you do so much there and you spend so much time there, yeah. kind of it doesn't count. Do you have yeah. uh, a course that's on the list? Uh, Bluffton, obviously, Pike Run, Dove's Country Club, uh, Hickory Sticks, Colonial, Tamarack, that mm-hmm. is on uh, Lipstick's schedule that, for you, it's either just the sweetest music when you personally play there or it's just a nightmare because the course just isn't set up for you or it's just one of those days? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, we love going to Moose Landing. I, I work there in the summer and, and work in the pro shop. And, uh, you know, they do it. Our staff out there does a great job. The, the, the greenskeepers and the superintendent. I mean, that course is always in great shape. And our kids, our kids do come out there quite a bit, and and, and I'll bring them out. We'll practice. And Katie's been awesome in, in, in giving them discounts and things like that. And so Moose Landing, we like to go to. I mean, we we're familiar with that. Uh, I would it's say a free advertisement. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like those yeah. people. It's a free advertisement. <laughs> uh, but the Tamrack is probably one that we don't. I, I could say most of my players do not really like. Uh, that's one that I kind of hear some hee-haw and uh, grumbling when it's time to go to Tamarack. It's one that just doesn't 
it doesn't fit their eye. It doesn't, and for whatever reason, they're not comfortable. It's not one that we've played a lot. I think, you know, just in the last year or two, we've, we've not we've started playing it. So I don't think most of them are familiar with it. It's that's not where Smitzerville is hosting, right? Yes, correct. So I think that's one that we kind of um, are, are a little bit <laughs> weary of when I, when I go to, when I go to Tam, when we go to Tamarack. I played 32 holes there one day on the par three course and uh, it did not go well. Uh, yeah, it, it's a, uh, you know, it's an older course and the trees are really growing in and uh, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's, you know, the, the conditions are tough. So it's, it's, it's a tough place to play. That's always my question. Who the hell would put a tree there? Yeah, I mean, every time I hit a ball, it's who would put a field or a tree there? Uh, I feel the same way. <laughs> our our golf styles are uh, completely different, though, so that's that's a whole other thing. Right? Uh, yeah, I I enjoy. I love the fact, though, that kind of the the interesting thing of what, the way that your schedule sits up. I was asking you about seeing teams a handful of times. You get Grove early on, where you guys have them uh, towards the end of the month, or actually this week as yeah. we tape this yep. and then you get them again at Moose Landing yep. on the 30th at the end of the month and it, yep. it's just it's kind of fascinating to me how the first time you play them is the NWC second times both leagues and then you turn around and play them again the next day at Pike Run and it's just NWC yeah yeah that is kind of crazy and it's like even with Bluffton I mean we, we played at Bluffton Friday we turn around and play at Bluffton tomorrow against Bluffton and then we play Bluffton on Wednesday at Pike Run, so <laughs> we're we're getting we're getting Coach Prater out of the way right away. So uh, you know that that's it, the scheduling is is weird, and, and I I really after last year I really want to sit down and dive into it. And it's still it's still hard to schedule things, you know, with the golf season because it's so like you said they're so quick and there's so many teams involved. But you know when you got a quad match, you got to work around four different schedules and. That's that's really difficult, and especially like I said, with us in two leagues and trying to get all those league matches in. So yeah, it it is unique in the fact that um, you know just seeing so many things. I'm still trying to get used to the home and homes, the NWC doing the home and homes, seeing those teams that many times, and then sometimes even the way it works out is you're not even really playing that team in the NWC. They just happen to be there that night because they're playing a different team at that home site. So that even gets even more confusing. We'll show up sometimes and. I mean, we might see. I know. I know. Last year, we played Allen East like five times, uh, but you know, only two for the league because we just happened to be playing. You know, if they come to Bluffton and we're going to Bluffton, we're actually not playing Allen East because it's neither one of our home courses. If that makes sense. So we, you know, we get integrated in their in the schedule, and they're not really league matches, but we're playing them. So it's you know that makes it even more difficult to figure out. Sometimes I really a had a flow hard- chart and some aspirin. Yeah, I really had a hard time last year figuring out, all right, I'd go to the matches. Who are we playing for the league? And who is this just, you know, trying to get accommodated to who, or figure out who's, who's who's home course and everything else. So it was, I think I, I think I got it. I think I got it. Well, and then you've got the oddity that from the 10th, the five matches and through the 22nd, where because it's not, you're not in school yet, you go uh, to PH, you've got Miller City and Patrick Henry, and these obviously all being at Pike Run where you play at 9 a.m., and then you don't even have the possibility, because of school and everything else, of playing until 9 a.m. again for a whole month with about 15 different matches in between. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something, too. You know, we try to get quite a few of matches in before school just because it's, 
you know, I don't like starting the school year, obviously being a teacher and our, and our kids are going through the same thing. You're starting the school year, you're trying to get accommodated to your schedule, uh, to, to, you know, the new year. And the last thing you want to do is go to school at eight o'clock in the morning and then not get home till eight o'clock at night because you have golf matches and, and that, that happens, uh, with this sport. So it's a long day. And then we, so we try to get a lot of matches in before school starts. So we're not piling it on them once, you know, once the school year begins and trying to make it easier that way too. Well, I wish you good luck with that and just remembering who you're playing and when and where. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's different, man. I, I tell our our secretary at school because we're constantly changing. You know, there's always something that you you know. I just figured out last week that I somehow was double booked with with Bluffton and didn't, and we had to we had to can or we could play an invite, the PH invite, so we canceled the the second Bluffton match because we didn't need it. We didn't need to go play them again. So, you know, and I'm calling the secretary and we're getting bus routes changed and things like that. So it's, it's challenging. And, and like I said, when you're working with a business, someone that's trying to make money for, for, you know, their business and run a business with high school teams involved, you got to see it from both ends and you got to see it from both sides. And luckily, you know, I'm, I work in, at a pro shop, so I see, I see their side of it and uh, understand their side, but I also see the coaching side and trying to, you know, trying to run a high school program. So, it's it's difficult. It's definitely a unique sport uh, when it comes to that because there's so many there's so many different you know so many different people involved in this sport. Well, if there haven't been enough good things said about Moose Landing in about thirty seconds, you'll hear their commercial and you'll hear some more. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, we're really excited though, Mike, about the season. We're you know last year was our first first trip to districts in school history uh, as a team. So, you know, we're, we're trying to build on that. Obviously, uh, I got, I actually have four kids this year in junior high that are interested in playing. So we're actually getting uh, some junior high kids involved and doing some work with them and maybe scrap a couple of matches together for them. So I just feel like our program isn't going in the right direction. And uh, I, I'm, I'm blessed with four freshmen that come in that uh, I think are going to have a nice career. And, and uh, I'm really excited about a few of them and what I've seen so far. My, I got a few, I got four sophomores. So, you know, a few years ago, I was worried about having a team. Like after my seniors, Luke Spores, Adam Lammers, and Blaine Trader, after they graduated, I was kind of worried after this year if we were going to have enough for a team. But then all of a sudden, I got three new sophomores come out this year, or not two new sophomores come out this year, and four freshmen. So that that makes me real happy that the program's going in the right direction. And then I got junior high kids that are already interested. So I feel like our program is moving in the right direction. And we're really excited. We have some high expectations for the year. And I think uh, with good, I got really great seniors. Luke and Adam have been with me for the entire four years and they've been contributors for the past three and Blaine Trader, another senior that's been with me the last three years. So I couldn't be happier with my team. And, and uh, I think they have a great work ethic as shown by Friday, wanting to go out and work after the invitation was over. So, uh, you know, just really, really excited and trying to keep them even keeled. Cause I think they were really excited Friday. Maybe, maybe expecting a little bit too much from themselves and put a little pressure on themselves. So we got to figure that out, uh, the, the right mindset to carry on to, to make this a competitive season. Well, when you start your competitive putt-putt team, let me know. Hey, man, anytime, anytime. We're that, actually going to – be the only place I can shine. Now nah, you can come with us Friday. We always go every year. We, we, do, we go to Shady Grove over in Finley, the par three course. We go over there and play. You know, it's great for our short game. It's fun. The kids love it. Uh, it's a fun day, but it's really, you know, it's really beneficial to our games and working on the short irons and things like that. So you can, you can join us at the part three. That'd be, you can tell somebody, you know, you shot 70, <laughs> right. 70 over there, 
72, just tell somebody shot 72. That's really not a great score. Right. You know, you don't, people don't need to know you play the varsity court. are only what you make of them. <laughs> I'm going to take my daughter, and she can drive the cart. Well, that's awesome. It works why, too. why not? You know? All that's right. That's right. Good Lord. Well, good luck to you. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it, and I always appreciate what you do for high school sports in the area. You're one of the best, and, and uh, I, I love hearing you and love having you around and love seeing the job that you do, man. That's Kevin Brandt uh, talking about Lipsick Golf. Moose Landing's coming up next. Trust me. You might not see a moose at Moose Landing Country Club, but you will find fantastic food, drinks, and golf. Check out the new spring menu at their 4-1 Tavern. Kids eat free Mondays and Tuesdays with the purchase of an adult entree, and veterans enjoy pro shop and golf discounts. Moose Landing Country Club also has state-of-the-art indoor simulators, and you can book simulator and tee times online. Moose Landing Country Club, three miles north of Kaleida at 115 and 694. Spring rates end June 1st, and if you do see a moose... Maybe let him play through. Back by apparently completely popular demand, the head golf coach at Audeville and the most frequent guest of this podcast in Keith Utendorf. Congratulations, I guess. Every time, every time we just put one more on the ledger, there's no place I'd rather be is just talking with you, talking some shop, you know? I mean, your check's in the mail. It's actually been, I think, like 10 episodes since you've been on here. So I, I guess that's that's something a little different. It's been a while. It has. And yet it doesn't feel like it was that long because as we sit, you guys have already started your golf season. We're getting ready for the start of the new school season. And it feels like we were just doing a basketball preview not that long ago. It's, yeah, I it, it does feel like we've we, well we've chatted too many times probably in between there on our own. Based on who's uh, co- who's keeping track, our wives. Um, that's true. Yeah. Yes. But I, yes, it, it it has been a little bit, but uh, yeah, it feels like yesterday we were starting basketball season and uh, ending that campaign and and another one beginning. And um, yeah, here it is, August eighth or ninth, whatever it is, and. Um, we're already underway, so. Well, and yeah, and that's the oddity of uh, I had kind of come up with this of wanting to have different coaches for the fall on in different sports, and golf is kind of the hardest because I asked Kevin Brand about this uh, in one of the episodes that ran before, I guess in the interviews that ran before, and he even said, you wait and you wait and you wait until August 1st, and then you just go full bore because you've got basically 60 days to get 18, 19, 20 meets done. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, you do have to kind of wait. And a lot of coaches around the area do uh, some different things just to kind of keep the uh, kids' interest and to try to get a little bit of uh, involvement uh, as the season kind of creeps closer. But, uh, yeah, all of a sudden, once August uh, 1st hits, you got about three or four practices and uh, – most people are playing uh, matches or invitationals, and uh, and here we go. I think for us, uh, we played on Friday an 18-hole invitational. Uh, Monday we went uh, for the Delta Tee-Off uh, Classic, as we normally do, and we'll play another 18 holes again on Tuesday, another 18 holes again on Wednesday, hopefully, as long as weather holds out this week. And then we've got a big PCL match on Friday. So, like, almost a quarter of our season is honestly in – in the next five days. So uh, it's kind of a unique situation with golf always 
you got to try to play, figure out what you're uh, good at, or maybe some things to improve on in the first <laughs> two weeks of the season in competitive situations, unfortunately. But uh, then you get a little bit of a rest once uh, school starts. You can actually practice and breathe. Uh, and then usually the PCL matches or your league matches come up and, and uh, you hopefully make those improvements and, and continue to press forward towards the end of the year. Well, but with that Bluffton uh, last week, you guys came out pretty well. I mean, you won by a pretty good amount. You had the top two finishers. You've got Lipstick, who you know you'll see a handful of times behind you. You've got Bluffton in third. Uh, is it just kind of the boys playing all summer by themselves and kind of getting things ready? I mean, because it's not that long of a time between when you leave after baseball season to the start of golf season that they can, you know, you can just go out and do it, whatever. Yeah. You know, a lot of our kids, um, you know, I talk a lot about our kids and I'm pretty proud of where, uh, I get a coach and, and the kids that I get a coach, but, uh, our kids are, are starting to play in, in, in May. Uh, they've got their memberships at, uh, Delta's country club and they go out and play. And, uh, once May hits they're they're usually honestly out there once or twice a week. And, I'm blessed to have kids that love the game of golf. They want to be better. And so they prepare that way. And so I don't have to do a lot of convincing to come out uh, in the summer. They do it a lot on their own. Um, and then so once August 1st hits, a lot of our guys are are at a point where they're ready to play and compete. Obviously, there's still things to improve on. And um, we did play pretty well on Friday. But uh, I think a lot of our guys also noticed a lot of places where we could have kind of cleaned some things up and and uh, probably shaved a few more strokes off than uh, where we finished already. But that's what you got to try to learn in competitive situations instead of just playing with your buddies on a, on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night uh, after you get done with the work day because uh, a lot of our kids work too. But, uh, yeah, I think those competitive situations are going to figure help teams figure out and individuals figure out where they need to get better at. So we're off and running. And, uh, yeah, like you said, we did play pretty well on Friday. Uh, today we played pretty well as well, but uh, there's still things to certainly improve. Oddly enough, you guys shot almost the exact same score. At Bluffton, a 324 was good enough to win by 27 shots. Unfortunately, at Devil's Country Club, St. John's, she was a 315, you get a 326. I, that's odd, though, to have almost the exact same. I mean, two courses who I think are pretty different, and you shoot almost the exact same thing as a team. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I think a lot of our kids probably feel like we didn't play as well today uh, just because it is our home course. But I think if you can play as well on somebody else's course as your own, I think you're in a really good situation. So for our kids to be able to transfer uh, from one course to the, to the next and then back home and then hopefully tomorrow we play a place that honestly a lot of our kids probably haven't been at with uh, Colonial Hills. Uh, for their invitational, we want to see how that translates to somewhere where we're not used to again as well. So, um, yeah, I think if your game can travel, just like in uh, in soccer and football and basketball and baseball, and if you can go and have your game transfer uh, to another place and play as well, hopefully, as you do in the comforts of your home, uh, in this case, our home course, then, uh, yeah, I think you feel pretty good about how you can kind of approach uh, each and every day and improve. So, uh, yeah, uh, the, the scores are pretty similar. Uh, we'd like to have a few of them back, but, 
yeah, obviously we're pretty proud of, of how we started too. Well, from looking at it, uh, Keaton's off to a heck of a start. Shoots a 77 and is the medalist in the uh, Friday one, and then almost the exact same score, 76 for this one, finishes in third, a couple of shots behind a couple of St. John's guys. Uh, what does he bring you? I know, obviously, being a multi-sport kid, of uh, kind of as a leader with the rest of that group. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, He's one of our leaders, and uh, he loves the game of golf. He's been around it. Uh, since he was a freshman in competitive situations, even before that with Lima Juniors, he's been been a kid that's always went out and played and put himself in competitive situations. He hates to admit it, but I think his brother kind of helped foster that a little bit within him. Uh, he doesn't have necessarily the sibling rivalry uh, present with him with his older brother Carter, uh, our number one last year. Uh, having him be there every day competing, but he has his own aspirations uh, and, and wants to be really good uh, for himself. And so he's really approached the game. He's put in so much time uh, to get better. He's, he competed all summer in the Lima junior circuit. Um, so he's, he's, yeah, he's come out and played pretty well. And I know for a fact though, <laughs> uh, he's uh, he wants to have a couple of holes back, uh, especially uh, number nine and number 18 today to kind of finish each one of those segments, he probably gave away a stroke or two if you were to ask him. And uh, I think those are situations where he knows he can get better and uh, he wants to. And, and the next time out, he's, he's going to. That's what I love about about him. Um, he's one of the leaders. And I guess the other one, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of a lot of our kids. We've got 11 uh, boys that are in the program. We've got four girls this year. So we're able to kind of field uh, – a girls team as well and get some matches in. We got our first match in today with them. So we've got a lot of guys that are interested, guys and girls that are interested in golf at Ottaville and uh, they want to get better. I'm really proud of the the top four that we've got coming back. We've got four of our top six back from last year. Keaton's obviously one of them, but we've got Grant Lease and Michael Turnwald and Jace Langhouse. You mentioned uh, multiple sport athletes. Uh, there's four of them right there that have to endure me. Uh, for the better part of eight months of of a calendar year in some fashion. So perhaps they should be given some sort of medal for that accomplishment to make it through uh, through that experience above anything else, I guess. But, uh, yeah, th- those kids, uh, all of them, all 11 of those guys are getting better. The top four are just uh, the tireless work ethic that they put in is, is commendable. So. Yep, we're pretty proud of all those guys. I had asked Kevin Brandt about this, and I'll ask you, because I I really am curious if there's some sort of correlation between uh, these two things, but it seems like nearly half or so of the golf coaches in the area seem to be basketball coaches. Between you guys, (laughs) you've got Brett Hammonds at Lincoln View, and I know there's a couple others. I mean, are you guys just looking for something else to do before basketball season? It's something to get the competitive juices going, I guess. Uh, it just might, might mean also that we have too much time on the on our hands in the summer that maybe we like to play and then you know use that to parlay into that competitive. Uh, might as well get paid situation. for it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can promise it's not much, but I, uh, say, I assume you're pretty much just breaking even. <laughs> for sure. I mean, six hours on the course, uh, trying to run around, find fifteen kids. Uh, somewhere, somehow, from holes one through eighteen, typically isn't uh, 
you know, there, there's, I don't know what the hourly pay is for that, but, uh, Oh yeah. That's, it's, it's like play by play. You don't want to break it down. No, no, we don't want to calculate all that stuff. I'm not a math person. So I've heard that. Um, <laughs> I've, but, seen, I've uh, seen your basketball stats. I understand. Yeah, we we yes, yeah. statistics yes. are are a far far cry. That's from an these, October uh, conversation, I think. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, there are a lot of basketball coaches. I think, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't I, know what it is. I was translates. told for a while it was baseball coaches, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of became one of those weird things where the basketball coaches uh, all took them over. I don't know what the deal is. You know, I've I've always been told that when the golf position comes open, you you make sure you go and grab it when if you can. And uh, I was able to learn under uh, and help out uh, Jim Brown, our our previous golf coach, and he was uh, obviously a, a tremendous coach and had been doing it for twenty plus years, and so he had the experience to to garner and gain from. Uh, so when that came open, it's like, yeah, I better. Uh, it's a perfect gig. It's a perfect gig for me because it does make me have some patience. Some people have accused me in other sporting <laughs> situations to maybe not have that patience level. Um, so for me out on the golf course, it's a little exercise in, uh, some, uh, mental health and mental stability and patience, which I, I've been told by my wife is something that I could definitely improve with <laughs> even. Yet. So I guess it's, it's, I just, uh, it's I a just help. Mind, I just remind her you married me. <laughs> exactly. That's not yeah, really think, my fault. Yeah, we just celebrated 11 years just the other day too and I I think for her it was much longer but uh you know, I guess I digress. Uh right. It's yeah, it's the old how long has this been? Uh, I have uh 12 coming up in a little bit so I I, I feel your pain. Or she yeah. feel, or she feels your pain. Well, <laughs> she feels my wife's pain. I guess depending on how yeah, however you want to look at it. <laughs> Uh, it really is, though. I mean, you guys are primed for a big season with having a lot of those multi-sport kids that have been successful in the last couple of years where they're kind of able to parlay that over. They understand how the hard work is. Uh, is there a course? I, I know, you know, there's a lot of golf, one shot at a time and all the coach speak, but that you kind of look at on your schedule and go, okay, now I, I know maybe – we're going to have to try to get an extra practice round somewhere or, or try to get ready for that place. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think obviously um, we don't know the sectional uh, situations yet. It's very likely that things will be very similar uh, to last year uh, from what we've been told or at least hinted at. So obviously you always want to have some experiences on some of the places that you're going to have to go play uh, as a group. Uh, to advance, especially in the tournament. It's just like any other sport. You want to see if you can get there. And obviously golf uh, affords itself the opportunity to go play courses um, that you may see later on. So it's one distinct advantage. So, yeah, I think obviously Pike Run, which is uh, very nice for me. It's in my hometown. Uh, It's where I live. It's probably where I golf the most if it's not at Delphi's Country Club with uh, uh, our kids. So, uh, Pike Run is obviously one of them that we think, obviously, this year it's going to be the PCL site. Uh, and then, presumably, it'll probably be uh, the sectional site. So, that's one. And then, obviously, our kids, they know. I mean, Stone Ridge in Bowling Green um, is always typically, and I hope it stays that way, because, one, our kids love it, and, two, the course, and the people that run those different tournaments and, and operate that facility, 
do a first class job. And so our kids have loved Stone Ridge. And honestly, we've played well there, partly because I think our kids like it um, and it fits them. Obviously, we're going to do a lot of situations where we try to get up there uh, and get some practice rounds in. The kids have been up there in the summer just casually on their own, too. I think if you can take those opportunities, those are places where you want to get to. Um, our kids have, have a lot of goals and, and aspirations, and I think <clears throat> they've done the work and, and put in the time. One of the things that's probably driving them is probably how we finished the year last year, which was really positively. Uh, with uh, a trip to Columbus. But in the same sense, I know our kids were kind of disappointed uh, having gone in there with some expectations to compete um, with maybe how we finished. And I think that's part of the reason why our kids have been so active and so driven in the uh, off season to, to get better and to use the opportunities on their own to, to improve themselves. And then as a team, now that we've come back together, now use those individual improvements for for a greater whole so yeah those are those are the courses that we see and that's kind of how we approach it and our kids have approached it in the off season so we're just excited to kind of keep uh moving through the season and use those opportunities to uh to hopefully get uh to the end goal you have six meets before school starts uh that are 9 a.m or right around that time a couple of those courses you see again where it's later in the day, it's 4, 4.30. Does it change kind of how you or maybe the kids kind of game plan for those courses where, you know, you know that maybe it'll be a little more dewy in the morning or the greens will be softer or the fairway will play different than when you go there sort of later in the season into September? Um, a little bit. I think you always have to be able to adapt to, to the conditions, you know, whether it be in the morning, you know, a lot of our 9am ones this, you know, this week are, are 18 whole things. So by the time it's 11 o'clock, <clears throat> things are running and rolling pretty good anyway. So you have to sometimes adapt within the round to figure those things out. Um, you've got to adapt to the different weather situations. That's one thing that fall sports and every fall sport, uh, with the exception of maybe volleyball, obviously, have uh, conditions to take into account in order to perform at their highest level. So I think you're constantly adapting. Um, the other thing that when we start to get into those 4:30 time slots, that means that our kids are at school. Um, so I think we've got to adapt to how their individual days go, whether they got homework or not, whether they got a big test or not the next day. And sometimes the uh, external factors are as much of uh, uh, a precursor or a, or an impact onto how our kids kind of approach the day for that day and their ability to kind of focus in and, and, and do what they're expected to do. So, yeah, I think at times, but I think you have to be nimble, uh, whether it be a 9 a.m. start or 4.30 start. Um, the course was really pretty pretty soggy this morning uh, out at Delphus with the rain that we got as an example. But by the time 11 o'clock or, or noon came out, it kind of returned back to um, a pretty slick and uh, fast uh, course to, to try to navigate. So, yeah, those are the examples of just having to navigate. And I think you have to do it sometimes within the round um, from start to finish in order to, to compete. So, Well, if you ever find a course that will give me a cart, a, a small generator, and just let me roam around, I'll figure out a way to uh, maybe call some holes. Oh, it'd be good. Now I'm going to tell you, there'd be a lot of, there'd be a lot of entertaining holes. 
Um, <laughs> I, I really wish you could have been there uh, last year when you referenced Keaton Schnipke, right? Yep. Um, there was a cat that uh, was walking across the 18th green, and he decided to pick him up while he was kind of lining up his putt. And, uh, you know, you're not supposed to talk to him on the green. You're not supposed to, you know, provide any coaching. And so I'm just just biting my fingernails off, uh, wanting to tell him to, you know, straighten up and focus in a little bit and, and all that song and dance. And he just throws the cat off to the side, makes his putt, walks off, pets the cat. The cat wants to follow him to the uh, – we played a shotgun start, I think. So I think he was going to one, one's tee right after it, and the cat wanted to follow. I think at that point, somebody in the uh, crowd shooed the cat away. Um, but I think it was attached to Keaton. So, um, you know, that would have been a good call. I would have loved to have hear, heard your uh, kind of analysis of his uh, approach to that uh, putt going on to 18. That would have been well, that maybe you can, uh, you can use your poll as the PCL Golf Coach of the Year for the uh, the tournament to make that happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> right, they, right, they, right. They, 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 they give out a lot of awards to undeserving people sometimes, and there is probably one of the best cases of that uh, of that situation. So It's fine. Uh, you can yeah, say, sure. I've been told to stop giving suggestions. I've been told a lot yeah, of things yeah. that I usually probably don't listen to. So. Well, I uh, wish you all the best. Uh, good luck to the kids, and uh, I, I guess try to keep winning. That's pretty much all you can do. Yeah, we're uh, we're pretty proud of our kids. Um, we're ready to go. We've got uh, some good uh, one good senior. One well, we only have one one wow. one senior, uh, and and he's I'm really impressed with his approach. Uh, going into this and, the, and our kids in general, we're going to play a lot of golf and try to get better. And yeah, we'll see if we can keep things rolling throughout the year. That's Keith Utendorf, the uh, golf coach for now at Audeville High School, back with more in just a couple of minutes. Ted's Market at 311 East Washington Street in Pandora has a full line of groceries and meat products, including Big Baloney and Ted Hots. Ted's also has produce, frozen food, and shell gas. While you're there, stop in and get your favorite beverage, as well as snacks and chips. Ted's also caters. Give them a call at 419-384-3407. Ted's Market at 311 East Washington Street in Pandora, serving the Pandora area for over 25 years. Off to a pretty good start already. The uh, Minster Girls golf team, as we get early on in the season, it is going to uh, be to probably to the end before we even uh, realize it. Debbie Arns, the uh, tenured, can I use that, golf coach at Minster now? You don't say seasoned, right? Seasoned, yes. That's what I was looking for. Everybody always says, every time I introduce a coach and I say the number of years, it doesn't matter what it is, 1 to 50, whatever, they always say, you know, when I hear it that way, it makes it sound like I've been here forever. <laughs> so I've tried to come up with new ways to describe that. Well, I haven't been here forever. It's like, this is my 19th season coach in high school, and I actually, we played against Lincoln View, and the coach is now for Lincoln View. Her, she was coaching, I was coaching high school golf when she was in high school, and she has a 10-year-old dollar. Daughter, so that makes 
I I have gotten a little bit of that in broadcasting to where I now my high school teachers and I graduated in 01, I'm getting their kids when I'm doing games and I just kind of sit there and go, yeah, I remember when that kid was in diapers. So wait a second, what what's <laughs> right. going on here? Right, right. What's yeah. the age that's cowards of us all eventually or something? <laughs> yeah, that that'd be a good line. Good line to use in there, but yeah. I but I love it. See the the challenge is that I love doing what I do. So Well, I um, see why. I mean you guys got to go to what, Hilton Head in May and June? We we went we went to golf clinic there at Sea Pines Golf Academy, yeah, that's great. Yeah. They they do a fundraiser and raise money for that, so that's what I mean, that's not a horrible place to, to go down and take the clubs to. No, it's not. Not at all. That's, uh, <laughs> we'll and do it again, too. Kind of for you of, oh, I guess I have a I have a work thing. I, I've got to go to Hilton Head. Right. <laughs> so, they they loved it. So they did, did really well there. It was fun. Oh. They had an amazing time. With that kind of, uh, and I, I've asked a couple of different golf coaches about this, with the oddity of the way the season is where – you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting for August 1st to flip the calendar. And then you just go into hyperdrive for the next two months, trying to get every one of your meets in. How important are those trips and how much is it? Not even just from a, a golf perspective of, you know, you're going to play all through the summer, but you got to play together in that group of building that camaraderie for your team. Well, I think, especially like I said, with girls, it's essential to get them motivated to get started early. Like I, we share before, boys, I think, go out and just go on autopilot. They'll play by themselves. The girls kind of tend, in my experience, want that motivation factor, that support of each other. But then um, that 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 builds the, 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 the momentum going into the season. They say, oh, now we've got this and that. They got all these compliments from other people. And then I think it reinforces that <laughs> I was right too. <laughs> like what they've already learned was just reinforced there, just in a different way. And I always think it's always good to have a third eye looking at what's going on. And so they took that, they videotaped them, and the before and after made them corrections, and and they really and took advantage of that. And then we played. We didn't just go to golf camp. We played golf down there on every course that we could do. I, yeah, I would just walk onto a course and just see what happens. But I, I get thrown off a lot of courses for being uh, not good. So that's that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, they, I, I just ask every golf course, can you teach me to golf? They just say we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> Please try go. the putt-putt course down the street. Thanks. There you go. But, I mean, it, it's obviously worked out uh, because you guys are off to a good start already. You had uh, a good win over what will probably be a very good Fort Loramie team on the fifth, and then mm-hmm. right back in action yesterday, today, you beat up Wapak, and you get uh, a young lady at the top of that that nearly ended up breaking her way into the 30s. Right. right. And I think she will, as will Katie. Katie will do the same. Now, being around and kind of watching the girls go through their practices, go through the early part of the season, the way the season goes last year, you guys sit up near the top of the Mac for a, a good portion of the year, kind of the way uh, that, that wheel works out. Can you see where maybe a, a girl's having a bad round early to where she sort of kind of hits that light or that, that bulb goes on and she figures it out and goes on a run? Oh, I think that we find that with um, 
with Ashley because she was in the top and she had a she was in a rut and I think she flipped out of that and and uh, decided what she needed to work on and um, we saw that with a post in the forties today and that she'll 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 capitalize on that you know for moving forward she will just that'll just get better and then and what I do is I they have to start how they finish so maybe after tryouts. The, after tryouts, the person at the top was Katie Heitkamp, and then it was Ashley. Then it was, I mean, Ashley. Ash, I have a lot of A's, so you have to give me credit for that one. Then it was Ashlyn Holman, then Ashley Meyer. That was how the top three fell out. But after the first match, I have you start how you finish. So if you posted a, like in that case that Katie was number one, then Ashley and Ashlyn were tied. And all I do is use a scorecard playoff and let um, that score on the hardest hole. And that's who's, who's one and two then the next time. Because my position is you put yourself there, you you get to, and you want to stay there, and then you figure out how to keep it. You know, so let's say your putting was off or you were had penalty strokes or had challenges in the bunker, then work on that. Go back, come back to the golf course. Um, and work on that and put yourself back up there if you want to stay in that position. But that's exactly what happened. So, like, when we play on Thursday at Colonial, then Ashley will start in the number one seed, and Katie will be number two, Ashley number three, and so on and so on. That's, uh, the, I was looking at the district at Salina last year, and I, and I just started thinking, man, Ashley ends up finishing ninth. She shoots that 92 you guys finished in fourth as a team, just missed that cut with Fort Recovery a couple of shots ahead. But talking about heavy hitters in front, I mean, Coldwater has three girls, and then Ellen Nauman from St. Henry, Jalen Bruns for what she does from Fort Recovery. That's that's that odd thing, though, for me as I look at golf of, yes, we're playing them, but we're kind of playing the course or ourselves more. Is that fair? Right, and you should always play against your last score. It doesn't matter. You're playing against the course, but you're playing against your last score you had there. So every time you go to Arrowhead, you're playing against the last score. So I actually tell them, you know, put in your what the score is, like Arrowhead. I'll use Ashley again. Arrowhead, 36. Ashley, 40. Okay? So Arrowhead still won, but Ashley got a lot closer than she did last week when she shot a 46. Or the early in the week when she shot the 46. So she's always playing against her last score in relative to the course you're playing. You know, and so that's what you have to do. Yes, you're playing against an individual like you shared, but you're playing against the course. The course is set up, and each time it's different. And I tell people that because I get some, some people will say golf is so simple. Well, the ball's not moving. Right. That's true. That's true. But each time you go to the golf course, the elements change. The, no golf course. See, and I think golf court, golf, golfers don't get as much credit as they maybe they need to be because every basketball court is regulation inside. Every volleyball court is regulation inside. Um, when you go to play golf, you're playing Arrowhead, then you might, and it might be half thousand yards that we were playing today but um, then you go to the next course and now it's raining like last night we were going out at Sandmaster and I took everybody out to the Sandmaster and we got 
it's been dumped on us. Like, we were out there half an hour. So I had a nice salt sand lesson and talked flush outs and punch outs. And then we come back out and I had balls in the bunker because we got dumped on. And I said, so, okay, it's a teachable moment. Now we have, it looks like concrete. Now, how do we have all these? So we took the balls that were in there and then we took the opportunity to take relief because now we had casual water in the bunker. And how do you go about that? So I just, we just stepped right into the next um, page. But you have to kind of go those layers. You have to kind of like a parfait. You have to build all your skills so that when you face that hard pan um, sand, what do you do about it? Because 30 minutes ago, it wasn't like that. You know, you might have, if if that had been a match and we'd had to delay, what you did 30 minutes ago out of that bunker is not going to be what's going to happen the next time, the next hole. So I think that's the thing that's pivotal is for them to realize that having a deep, a toolbox of things you can pull out and going that deep is, is, is critical to being able to have confidence and um, your playing ability in whatever situation that you get into. Like I, we have a responsibility as a golf course, we do course maintenance. And um, when we do the course maintenance, we pick a particular hole. And actually for my JV team, I picked the driving range and hole number nine. But I have them shag all those balls on a Sunday night back into the driving range because on Monday mornings they usually close the driving range at Arrowhead so they can pick it and mow it. And so we shag all the balls that people have sliced or hooked on either side of the Sorry about that. What's that? Sorry about all those balls. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Did you put all of them on there? Probably. I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. But so they shag them back in. And just last night, I had a freshman say, she looked at me and she said, Mika says, well, I said, so tell me why you think I would think this is important. She goes, well, after hitting about 50 balls, she goes, because you get to hit balls from everywhere in lots of different situations. Exactly. Smart kid. And that builds your confidence from moving forward. Like, right. so then if you get it off the fairway, you don't, you know, throw your hands up and think, oh, well, great, what am I going to do now? And, so then, you know, you're punching out because you know how to get out of it. So you're playing the ball back in the back of your stance because you don't want the grass between you. Get it out of a hole or whatever you're getting into. And you practice it in backward shots out of there last night, too. So, um, like I said, you got to build a deep box, you know, a deep toolbox so that, you know, those 14 clubs can work to your advantage in a variety of situations and you don't ever feel you know, um, so plus, one thing I'll say is I'm a strong advocate of chipping, learning to chip. And when I stand on the fringe to chip, because a lot of girls are going to be short. They never think that, you know, club up or whatever. But um, when I stand on the fringe and I'm chipping, I'm chipping for the ball to go in. And most of my girls play basketball. And I said, when you stand on the free throw line, are you there to throw it up and get it close, or are you there to throw it up and get it to go in? And they look at me like I'm dumb. And they say, I said, so you look at it, and they said to go in, coach. I said, well, that's your free throw line. When you're standing there chipping, that's your free throw line. I don't want you to think get it close. I want you to think get it in. 
I would imagine that Mike Wiss has probably got the exact same theory. I I would like for you to make all, all, every single one of those, please. Thank you. Well, when we did our fan lesson last night, I just told one of the greatest uh, fan players in the world in history of golf. Um, He never um, finishes a fan lesson unless he hits a flash out in the hole and a punch out in the hole, and that's a great player. So he doesn't finish the same lesson, or same session, practice session, unless he gets a splash out in the hole and a punch out in the hole. And those are two. The punch out's a difficult shot. I don't care who you are, but he doesn't leave until he has one of each of those in the hole. So that just says that's why he's the greatest player, right. same player in the world. So I tell him I go that because if you pick one part of this game, be really good at it because somebody else is not, you know. So, um, like a share, I teach them to hit the ball backwards and come on all day. Well, why would you bother with that? And then I showed them last night on the edge of a bunker where one foot would be in, one foot would be out. Well, stand with your feet at the back and the top of the bunker and you're not in there. You know, if your ball's on the front, long front of the bunker or beside a tree or on the edge of a hazard and, you know, so or you'd have to stand in the water and just way you could stand with backwards and just hit it backwards and I even have to take the release. So there's a lot of options out there, but you have to practice those. There's not right. things you just like I I worked with the in the US Open and Tiger Woods was on a uh, in a hole and he got on his knees in a bunker and hit a shot out. Now that's not something he just decided to do that day. He practiced that. You know? He put it like three feet from the pit. I'm like, how does he do that? So after that, I tried figured out how I could try to do it too. But I'm not very good at it. I just want to get it. But um, but he, like I said, it's, but you gotta make it fun. Like I try to make practice fun like that. Like, so they go home and and like Nika went home and told her dad, "Do you know I learned to hit a softball backwards today?" I mean. I mean, to be fair, I came home and said that a lot about my golf, but it, I, someone didn't teach me that. It just kind of edited it. Wasn't intentional. Yeah. It wasn't intentional, right? It's like the bowling ball you dropped behind you. Right, right. right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I owe you money as a golf lesson for this conversation. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I, I feel um, like I might actually be able to go and not get kicked off a course right now. There you go. Well, of course, it's, I, I it's 10 o'clock at night, so maybe not. They may kick off now. Right, right. Uh, it just depends on who it is. Uh, you guys have got a uh, big one coming up at Colonial on Thursday as we tape this. It's Monday. And then mm-hmm. uh, quite a few matches. Uh, I'm, I I love seeing... Florida Friday. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's well, pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you, know, you found out that we just found out the, the sexual not going to be there this year. I have heard a lot of people mention the, uh, that there were going to be a lot of different changes with the sectionals this year. I didn't. I, I like I told the athletic director, "Where are we playing at?" Because <laughs> we don't know yet. Ah, uh, I that's I feel like a conversation for a different day. Uh, who, yeah. may, who makes these decisions? Right. Uh, yeah, well, I, I get in trouble when yeah. I get into those conversations. Yeah. So I'm just saying, that, like, we're, you know, you've, I've played there 17 out of 19 years. So oh. this, it comes up as a, I've been, you know, Mr. Wildcats have been in my, 19, my 18 years, I should say it that way. 
18 years, I've been to districts, advanced to districts with a team or individual. 16, 17 out of, yeah, this is your name, 17 out of, I've only not done one yet. Wow. Either with a full team or an individual or sometimes two individuals, like I said, they went out of one or two or, yeah. So, I mean, that's a, I say that not as a being boisterous or anything, but I'm just saying the quality of the kids, the right. team has stayed stable that length of time. The one year I did, I lost five seniors in the lineup. And from that experience, not advancing, and that, that's, we were still be one then. Um, and that experience of not advancing and having the five seniors in the lineup is what made me go to an eight-man varsity lineup. And what I do is take eight so that I can rotate them in and out so they get more opportunity to play. So those, maybe the, um, you know, a freshman or a sophomore, I'll make, I'll push them into the lineup so that they're playing in that varsity experience. Because the one thing about golf is only six players play, and even in the invitational is only five, and sexual is only five. Um, and I actually think that if I were, an, and I've advocated this in the league for a long time in the MAC, to play eight, then you could take a varsity score and you could take a JV score every match and give more kids opportunities to do the courses. And it would just, you know, open up the door because I think that's the biggest hurdle for me in golf is the kids don't get to see the courses. Right. And, and I know I had a basketball coach tell me that well, there are dead boards in some basketball courts floor, so they, it is different. I'm not saying it's not different. I'm sure the temperature is different, but I know it's still 72 degrees. And there's no <laughs> right. wind. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's the same. Yeah, it's not apples and apples. No, and he would do, but he would do, dead boards on some floor. I'll get to that. You know exactly what it is. Wow. This is so funny because, um, my point is that you find a case in golf and golf course it's either wind or rain or different course. And you don't get to see some of them. Like this, but we'll go to sectionals with not having played that course. But I've got, and as the coach, I have to prepare. So don't tell me August or September 15th where I'm supposed to play. When I, then I'll have an opportunity to get my girls properly prepared. That was my point of bringing it up before. Right. Well, I don't don't know where I'm going if I've never played there because we don't we don't we don't play that north. We don't, we hardly play anything north like that. So we don't like we don't play at a lot of those schools in our because in the league a lot is concentrated down here. So we have the max. And like you brought up the max before, I think we'll do pretty well. Coldwater will probably be up there. Um, if he he didn't lose that many people. Right. Well, I think Minnesota um, will probably make a lot of noise in there. Well, I, uh, I, yeah, I hope it goes well. I wish you guys the best luck this season. I appreciate that. I have, I have, uh, I have twelve. So that's good. I have a lot. I'm pretty deep that way. Next year, I don't lose. I always lose one of the Katie Hikens. She's the senior. But the next year, I'll be pretty solid too. Well, so they I, want they're looking they're for a road to Columbus. <laughs> big game. I uh, I look forward to uh, to seeing what you guys do. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you calling and asking about the team. I always like to promote my ladies because they do a good job, and 
um, and from small town, there's obviously the multiple sport athletes, which is not always, you know, every school area. Um, so um, I think they're committed to what they're doing. I'm proud of them. I'm happy to help out whoever I can. Okay, and I appreciate you calling. And like I said, the one thing about, if there's anything to be um, crazy about is knowing that this stuff, you sport of golf, you learn right. more. It's a foundation of skills for a lifetime. You know, it's not just about playing golf on the course. It teaches a lot more things outside of the golf, you know, primarily that golf course. So, that is a Mr.'s head coach, Debbie Arns, and we'll talk some more. I don't know what's coming up. Something's coming up when we come back. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. And if you get in there, get the cheese sticks. That's one of my go-tos, the uh, grilled chicken and cheese sticks. That's the micro and special. They'd probably just look at you and say, really, you too? But a uh, terrific place to eat, as are a lot of the uh, sponsors of this show. Uh, I am extremely uh, happy we're about to get the uh, fall season in go. You can hear uh, all of the uh, OG Lady Titans soccer games here on uh, the uh, local outlets, WZOQ Radio. As all of them, you get some uh, volleyball in there as well as the Z Sports Live uh, Bowl, which is uh, for the tenth year now. Communities of Columbus Grove and Pandora Gamboa come together and uh, help out. Uh, shout out to Ted's in Pandora, not only for Ted Fest coming up uh, next weekend, but also for what they do to help us put on and get back to the schools. You got the uh, Bearcats in about twenty-five or so games between football and. Uh, some soccer on both sides that will be on Z Sports 3 and some volleyball as well. Uh, a lot of cool matchups. I hope to have some soccer. And i, I be honest with you, I picked a lot of games closer to my house this year. So uh, a lot of things going on. But it starts next week for everybody not playing golf. I hope to have a couple of podcasts next week with some football coaches before I've got St. Mary's in London in week number one, uh, maybe Bo Fry. It'll be nice enough to be on the show. And uh, some soccer coaches next week. I already got those in the can. We'll talk about Audeville and Audeville Glendorf as well as the uh, Kenton boys with all of their respective coaches. Maybe two episodes next week. We'll see uh, how that comes about. Thank you so much for listening. Get out and enjoy the last couple of days before the fall and then get out and support your local athletes. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.